Hi, welcome to Crime on Prime Time. I'm your host, Kenzie Huseman, and I'm here with my best friend. Yeah, A-Rod, F Malik. He ain't here today. On your day back, too. I know, right? We've been talking about this for a couple days now, and then all of a sudden, you know, he hits us with, gotta go, gotta go into the city to do blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wow. Beyonce wants to hang out. Yeah, I guess happy wife, happy life, I guess. (laughs) But A-Rod, we're so happy to have you back. Yep, yep, yep. Finally got my contract extension figured out with Crime on Pine time. So I'm ready to be back and feeling good. So, yep. Yeah, that's why you weren't here on the last several. Yeah, needed a, I enjoyed being here, but I needed to get paid too. So <laughs> well, I'm glad we got to work it out. For our listeners, we in fact don't get paid. But if you wanted to pay us. Go ahead. I Go won't, ahead. I won't, we won't, I won't deny free money. <laughs> um. So we started 2024 with saying we're gonna do this recording palooza weekend thing so that we can stay up, uh, like stay caught up, and we're not like at the last minute going like, oh shit, we have to record, or I'm going, oh shit, I need to write the story. It's just so we just stop saying oh shit a lot. Um, yeah. It did not take long for us not to do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, we yeah. Took, we took a month off for Christmas. I mean, a lot of things were going on. And I was like, okay, we're going to we're gonna not miss for a while. And then I went to London in January. And in my head, we were going to get that third recording done before I left for, for London. And we just didn't. Um, so that's on me. I'll take that one. Yeah, but, you know. We back. We ready. We're going to get 2024 back on track. And we shouldn't be missing anymore for a while. At least I know that I will be here. This is the hibernation period for us. So no <laughs> trips, no plans. Yeah. I will, I'll be gone like one weekend in February, but Malik shouldn't. So at least one of us will be here. If not, we got some special guests that could potentially be coming up. Yeah. It's always fun to have special guests when you oh, all decide yeah. to ditch me. <laughs> but we're back. Crime on prime time. Here to stay for at least a little bit longer. Yep. Consistently. Yeah. And yep. I hate to say it, but the last few episodes, A-Rod, you've missed it. The last few episodes have been like kind of a lot of fun to record. Fun yeah, that's, that's, to that's what I've been reading in the group message. Yeah, yep. there's some really great episodes. Um, I'm not saying that these episodes aren't going to be great. I'm just saying that they're not. They're not going to be fun. No, 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 no. There's no. some. What what era you say we're entering right now? What stage? We're, we're entering. I forgot what I, I called it. Like a, a, gruesome, a sad, a, just, a heavy, no a dark. I think I called it a dark era. Just, oh. just know the vibes about the switch up fans. Yeah, it's a random number generator. I didn't do it on purpose. I'm sorry. Just, Hello, that's... darkness, my old friend. <laughs> that's basically going to be the theme song for the next like <laughs> few weeks. But yeah. I promise, as soon as I get the opportunity, I will do a lighthearted one to 
to just give us that breath of fresh air um after the next few weeks i'm i'm just apologizing up front but you should still listen there there's stories that need to be told um oh yeah but it's just it's the dark sad part of life so Mm -hmm. all right that was a fun psa (laughs) are you ready to recap the episode we watched for this week oh yeah i'm ready to watch it or ready to recap what did you think of it of this episode you know the beginning i got ncis and cis confused i do that all the time their names are too similar yeah but have we watched the cis one before cis it was the one about the jurors when one of the jurors died was that them really yeah and it was them and then the whole thing ended up being a b <laughs> damn what was that that had to be like months ago. oh it was i mean it was yeah let me see i can pull it up right here and i can tell you yeah but yeah, for our listeners if you're wondering the name of the episode is csi 11 angry jurors yeah it was bad you know it started with that nice little meteor shower a meteor hitting the earth it wasn't a meteor. What was it? What was episode it twenty? It was our episode twenty. It was the one released. Wait, 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 wait. What? What? What crashed into the earth? We'll get to it in a minute. But it's episode twenty. We released it on September twentieth. Y'all see? Yeah, I don't even know what I had for dinner yesterday. Okay. Yeah. No. Did you not get the whole military thing? No. Well, I saw the military was there. Yeah. So it, the episode opens with the hikers that they're hiking and then mm-hmm. something like crashes in the field next to them. I thought it was a meteor. It's not a meteor. It was uh, a military. The guy was like, the military like crashed one of their toys or something. So it was some military thing. That's why they were there cleaning it up. Because mm-hmm. there was a base nearby. You know what that explains a lot because I was like, what do aliens have to do with anything? In this I was like, but it means like, even was, alien related. I don't know. You know what I meant, damn it. I'm just like, what? Well, what does this have to do with the plot? But you know what? I'm absolutely nothing. And you had absolutely nothing. I'm just gonna. I was gonna just keep letting it roll with it. But now I know. It still has nothing, it being a military thing, still has nothing to do with the plot of this episode. Yeah, it's also true. It had nothing to do with it. Other than the fact that it led them to discover a burial site Mm -hmm. nearby. That was like, the whole point of it was so that someone found this burial site. Yeah. I feel like there was so many more ways you could do that without like... Crashing... (laughs) <laughs> um freaking machine into the earth yeah that seems like a kind of out there way to do that but whatever and like what was the point of the hikers nothing other the than hikers to didn't see find the, the military crash but that's the thing is not even with the military a random cop found it yeah i mean where the hikers could have found it like yeah like just so much little extra <laughs> shit that they did that they simply just could have had the hikers tripped over it and found a yeah. or something. Or, yeah, or a dog could have gone mm-hmm. in. Dig up 
the hole, whatever, so. But no, it had to be hikers saw a military crash, the military came and found the bodies. Yep. And they didn't even find the bodies. Just one of the guys was like, I noticed that the earth was disturbed. Yeah. And I was the first off, how can you see that at night? Yeah. Like, like you had to walk pretty, because that was pretty far from where the crash site was actually at. Yeah. So I'm like, what made you go probably a quarter of a mile left from wherever the crash site happened? But you know what? I digress. You know? (laughs) I guess it would. I guess the, either way, he found it. My thing is, he's like, I just noticed that the Earth was disturbed. Isn't mm-hmm. the Earth supposed to be disturbed? Like, is it really that uncommon? I mean, I guess so. Like, is it gonna look like someone's dug it up? I mean, I how long has it been here for thousands of years? The Earth, Many, millions of years. I don't know. <laughs> more than thousands i mean that's how long humans have been on the earth or her millions of years sorry i mean it's gonna look it's gonna look disturbed yeah that's what i'm saying anyways so this whole like finding the bodies thing a little spotty in the plot holes but whatever we found the bodies that's all that matters at first there was only three female bodies they were preserved well and it appeared that they had been mar- married, buried for more than five years. Yeah. And then the dirt and the leaves that they were found in suggest that the bodies were buried somewhere else. They're thinking maybe northern, mm-hmm. mo- more northern, more north than northern Nevada, where this is all taking place, um, and that they were then moved to Nevada for some reason. Yeah. So while they're in the hole, kind of doing their CSI thing, taking pictures, digging things, that fun stuff, they found mm-hmm. a fourth body. It was mummified, and a necklace is found on the body, which Finn recognizes as the missing girls. She was looking for, like... She finds the necklace. Yeah. She kind of freaks out. She runs to her computer and she's like, oh my God, it's Janet's. Which then yeah. let us, there was like a flashback, which kind of gave us some insight that she had. She was missing. Previously... Yeah. Yeah. That Finn had previously worked on her. I, I ain't gonna lie. I would have stole that necklace. You can't stole. They already can't stole it. It had how many crates? How many uh, diamonds did it have? I don't. I mean, it was a very pretty necklace. You can't steal a dead person's necklace. Says who? That's so wrong. What are they gonna do with it? They're dead. Oh my god, her mom would would love something like nah, that. No, 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 no. She's fine. She's fine. Take it away. Fast forward. Fast forward. Apparently, we already have a suspect of janet's disappearance his name is tom cooley who is apparently some richy rich golden boy from seattle whose family has ruled seattle yeah that girl finn had a freaking vendetta against cooley she hated him which we also learned that 
she had such a vendetta against him it cost her her job like she was fired from her job in seattle mm -hmm. she got a divorce and tom cooley sued her in seattle i just understand like you think you learned your lesson not to go after that man but no gotta learn the hard way yeah so um finn is very heavily emotionally involved in this here uh case mm -hmm. she hates tom cooley and apparently they found eight bodies there was eight bodies total god damn because the hole wasn't that big so well they could have kept nice. digging after they originally saw yeah, it when I'm, we I'm originally assuming... saw it they only had found like three i'm assuming i want to know um, they probably like dug a big hole Put some bodies, put dirt, dug another, put some more bodies, dug or buried it, and they just kept stacking it. Maybe. I don't know. I gotta ask Mr. Cooley. Now, okay, so now Finn is acting like a bitch to everyone else because, like, she went down to, like, the morgue. And she's kind of like yelling at everyone down there, like, "Hey, why, why aren't you working on Janet's? Like, she should come first. And that guy was like, "That's not your call to make." Yeah, you know, I didn't want to say this, but you know, Finn just looks like a natural biatch to me. It looks like she takes her work home with her. Yeah, she definitely but... does. Obviously, she was willing to let her work ruin her marriage, <laughs> but. I would have been like, listen, we're going to get to her body. Like, she ain't going nowhere. So just just calm down a little bit. Yeah, so I don't think calm is in her personality. Nope. So she had, so, you know, she's with the body. She's trying to, you know, get a fingerprint identification that it's for sure Janet Warren's body. Mm-hmm. Then it cuts to the other CSI people that are digging through the dirt. I don't know their official titles, but they're the ones digging through the dirt. Yeah. And the guy is telling this girl, BT Dub, he's like gossiping out here. Mm -hmm. He's like, did you know that Finn ruined the original case because she um, illegally obtained DNA evidence, which is why she was fired and sued yeah. and all that stuff. Because you can't be I doing that. I think he said they had everything, like everything to prove that he did it. And then she illegally attained that DNA. So it just threw everything out. Yeah. Yeah. You, mm -hmm. you can't be doing that. Nope. And then while they're digging through the dirt, which seems like a not a fun job. No, I would only do it if I was looking for some gold, that little shaker thing. Yeah, the little yeah, that's peony. what it is. Yeah, it's a little shaker. Yeah. Thing. I would Did you do, do that it. in elementary school when y'all were learning about the gold rush? No. I think I did that in elementary school. They gave us the little pants and they're like, shake them out and see what you can find. No, but you know, they found something better, I guess. They shaked it out and found a finger. They did find a finger, but they also found a ring. Oh yeah, they did. So they, and it was a man's ring found with the body so they're like well if it's a man's maybe it's the killers mm -hmm. then 
because all the victims were women. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to this other guy who's looking at the bugs they found in the dirt. This seems horrible jobs. This seems just not fun. See, this is when I was like, all right, now they're just far-fetching this thing. There's no way that, like, CSI people have, like, a, a bug a guy. guy. Yeah, yeah, a bug, bug guy. guy. You go to, you just go to some, like, you enlist the help of some professor at a university mm-hmm. and go, hey, you know a lot about bugs. Like, you, you, you take that out, you take that out of the house. But they all, they had them all pinged up against the board, label what they were, where they're at. And he's describing Naming all the names. Ones. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, all right, guy. One, you need a life. You, you oh, over here yeah. talking about bugs. <laughs> like, you, you, single? you seem like you're single. Yeah, he, I, he was a little too happy about talking about bugs. He would be the guy on a date that, like, you're, you're on this date, first date or whatever, and he sees a bug, and then he just starts telling you all about it. Fun and at first fact. it's, like, fine, because he's like, oh, yeah, that's this type of bug. And you're like, oh, that's cool that you know that. Are you really into bugs? And he's like, mm-hmm. yeah. And then he starts to give you the whole history <laughs> of this bug and the other bugs related to it. And the families Did are you like, know, okay. The that's... Europeans brought it over back in blah, blah. I was like, all right, my guy. Yeah, he starts giving you too much information. You're like, I'm sorry I ever brought this up. Like, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. So he, so the bugs suggest that the bodies were originally buried in the Seattle area. Mm -hmm. Fun fact. Then we find out that the prints from the body confirmed that it was Janet Warren and so db like that one guy told db like oh did you hear the good news and he's like what and he was like the prince are janet's and i told finn and then finn was off she's yeah, gone she took off man and so db was trying to call her and she's not you know picking up so apparently he tracks his team but you know what? I feel like he's someone like someone at high level as him. He could track anyone. Yeah, they need a Garcia. Yeah, but what I thought was nasty about the the prints is they cut like the old meat that was in the finger. They cut it out, so they he just has the skin, off. and he oh, puts yeah. the skin on his finger to do the prints. I was like, that's disgusting. I totally missed that. I must have mm-hmm. been writing. He was cutting that the, like, is that's so. He was gross. cutting like the meat out around on the inside finger and had the skin, like... and he just like put the skin over his finger and he was like rolling it in that like that like fingerprint stuff and then that's how he was freaking it. I said that's nasty. Could you not just use the finger like just get the use finger cold yeah. in? <laughs> I guess not. I don't know much, but like, do you have to? I feel like that's how I typically see them do mm-hmm. that. Granted, this is all TV, but yeah, just, wearing someone else's skin. I feel like that would be bad juju, man. And yeah, like, <laughs> come on, but, man. You... Like just thinking about it gives me the hippie jeebies. <laughs> so then it cuts to Finn. She's jabbing driving through seattle and then she gets pulled over and the man's like ma'am you need to get out of the vehicle so she does and she turns around it's her ex-husband 
DB mm -mm. called her ex-husband to pick her up. <laughs> and mm -hmm. he takes her to this outlook. It's kind of pretty. Yeah, it was actually a pretty nice view. Yeah. And he's like, you see this? They, You thought you could just come up here and get a search warrant and dig up Cooley's land? And what happened was that Tom Cooley... This the suspect. Mm -hmm. He built a whole subdivision on his smart, ranch. Was smart, presumably what they thought was like the original bury, burial mm -hmm. grounds. And it was a smart play by Cooley if he did it. That's a lot of work, though. Oh yeah. I mean, that was like a lot of houses. That's. I mean, he if he did do it, he made millions of dollars, and he got rid of evidence. So it sounds like a win-win. I mean, it is a smart way because there's nothing they could do. They're not going to get a search warrant to yeah. dig up everyone's. And, yeah, he was like, you can't just be going destroying people's houses to find evidence. But I already know that that girl, Finn, she was going to try to. She was thinking about it. Yeah, She's she like, was going to get a bulldozer just destroy those houses. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> So it cuts to back to this ring thing. This guy that's like working on this ring thing or digging mm -hmm. in the dirt, kind of a weirdo. Mm -hmm. She was like, have you never been passionate about a case? And he's like, oh, I'm passionate about a lot of things. Uh, see, I couldn't tell if he was like trying to flirt with her. Or he's just weird. I was like, is that sexual harassment in the workplace? <laughs> I just she seems I not just, interested. I just couldn't tell, man. It was weird. I was like, that was yeah. really uncalled for. I'm gonna be honest, he gave me killer vibes. He did give me killer vibes. I was mm -hmm. like, has is this we gotta watch all of CSI and figure out if this man ever killed someone. Yeah, it's also true. We do. He's kind of giving me Dexter vibes. <laughs> so that was weird. But they figure out that the ring is a class of 1987 Hardison High School ring, uh -huh. which is a high school in Seattle. And that is where Tom Cooley went. Oh, and they're looking through the yearbook and he says something else to her like, oh, I bet you're not that limber or something, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, so, so somehow they look at the high school and then he was like, oh, is there like class pictures? randomly online that have class pictures from every single graduation class it was a girl who did the splits I was like, oh wow she's very limber or something like that and he's like, like i bet you're not that limber i was like yeah. dude this is what she doesn't even seem like she's into it i was like my guy just stop being weird yeah that he's weird mm-hmm <laughs> Sorry if he's your favorite any, to any of our listeners. I hope he's not your favorite. Because if honestly, he is, if he y'all <laughs> y'all got some problems. Yeah, if he's your favorite, we gotta talk. <laughs> uh so then they identified two other victims, Stephanie Hollinger and Sunshine Van Letty, which is an amazing, beautiful name. Sunshine Van Letty. I know. I I was like, they're naming all the names and then Sunshine. So how the fuck do you get Sunshine? And she was a fitness instructor, and I was like, Yoga? That feels like a yoga yeah. instructor. Fitness instructor in Seattle makes sense. Yeah. It fit really well. Yeah. And they both went missing in the capital district of Seattle 
which is where Janet also went missing. And that's where Tom Cooley frequents because it's around the corner from one of his offices. And they also found out that all the girls, majority of all the girls were white in their 20s, blonde. So he had a type. Yep, fit. He had an M.O. Yep. And date rape drugs were found in their system. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's suspected that they all died by strangulation. Yeah. So definitely like a pattern and an M.O. Mm Mm-hmm. So then it cuts back to uh, Finn and her ex-husband in Seattle. They learn about the ring. So Finn's calling wherever you call to figure out who bought Yeah, I don't know who you would call for that. (laughs) Who you call? What is it? Balfour? Isn't that who did Balfour, yeah. That's who did ours, yeah. Balfour. You call him Balfour? But I don't. I mean, I guess they would give that information because she's a commissioner and all that. Yeah, she said she was with the police, so yeah. they're probably like, all right, we don't care enough about a class yeah. ring. I was laughing because she's over there just like going through all his shit, whatever, <laughs> checking mail, and then next thing you know, what she find? Some girl's drawers, some panties. And she, okay, but he's slick because she was like, what she go home in? And he said a smile. A smile. I was like, I said, oh, ah, yes, sir. He a dog. He a dog. She knows what she, hey, she probably knew what he was talking about. She, yeah, she did. She, she was, like, he was laying at dawn. Yeah, she's yeah. like, damn, I miss that. <laughs> uh, so then they find out that there was only one person that, bought a second class ring for the class of 1987 also why do people keep this much information who has information from the 80s i don't know i was like first off anybody who had that in the 80s they would probably be dead close to now they would not be dead that's my i said close i said close they're not close to dying all right besides the Hughesmans. Club. They're only in their 50s. That's not that old. Hey, look, man. Some people don't get to see even their 30s. But either way, I digress. Keep going. Dear mom and dad, I know <laughs> you're not old. A-Rod said that. No, I said besides the Hughesmans. It's anyone. Anyone in the 80s is only 50. All right. I apologize for my outbursts. I'm sorry. They're not I'm sorry. old. They're close to dying. But either way, I don't think people, <laughs> I don't know what company or whatever that was from the 80s still makes the class ranks. Balfour, right? Are they, were they around in the 80s? I don't know. Someone had to do it in the 80s. Class ranks, I feel like, were even bigger in the 80s than they are now. I mean, I didn't, I didn't get a class ring. I did. I got two class ranks. Oh, aren't you special? Um, okay, so they find out that only one other or one person had got a second class ring. His name's Eric Louie. Hey, so they go to speak to him. He's a Seattle with the Seattle PD. They go to his house. They're talking to him and they're like, hey, you lose that class ring of yours. And he was like, 
I didn't lose it. I gave it to my high school sweetheart, and she lost it when she dumped me for the QB. Well, he said then, that bitch lost it. And yeah. They were no, like, was like, my mom always told me she was a bitch. And they're like, well, where's that bitch now? And he's like, he said, I'm that married bitch her. Is in the, yeah, that bitch is in the house. <laughs> I said, oh. That bitch is in the kitchen is what he said. I was like, oh. Yeah, I married her. Like, oh. well, I hope she doesn't hear you talking about <laughs> her like this. <laughs> so they um, go inside to talk to Marla about, you know, this class ring situation. And mm -hmm. she's like, I did lose it. Um, I was dating half the football team, but it's okay because Eric was dating half the cheerleaders. Yeah. All worked out anyways. She basically admitted that both of them were some freaking whores because she said she was going to the football team. He was going to the cheerleading squad. I said, oh my. Hey, they still ended up happy. Three kids. I, I guess so. So she dated... Uh, Tom Cooley's best friend, Max Liston. He was the quarterback. And the only the only time she's ever hung out with Tom Cooley was at his ranch mm -hmm. for a party. And that could have been where she lost the ring, but she doesn't remember. I mean, because yeah. why would you? Why would you? I mean, one, she was like, I lost it. So, like, of course, I don't know where it is. Yeah. But I don't and know. When they were trying to talk to her and ask some questions, she she was kind of being around the bush with it. Yeah, she she did seem a little sus, even the detectives. like. Yeah, yeah. when she went to go get some more coffee, they were like, yeah. she's hiding something. So they look into this Max guy, and they have this theory that – so Max was like a, 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 a contractor. contractor, but like he was like kind of a nobody contractor, right? Mm -hmm. Like a small time contractor. And yeah. then all of a sudden his buddy, uh, Tom Cooley, hired him to do all of his subdivision. Yeah. Well, they had this theory that Tom Cooley also enlisted Max Liston's help to move the bodies from Seattle to Nevada. Mm -hmm. And he, Max Liston, got paid a bunch of money to do oh, that. Yeah. So he decided he was going to move to the Virgin Islands. And mm -hmm. then three weeks later, he died in a scuba diving accident. But I don't know. Seems pretty fishy to me. Yeah, I was like, huh, suspicious. So that's their theory, is that also, Tom Cooley murdered his best friend after his best friend helped him move the bodies. Yeah. The next thing we know, Tom is on the TV, and he is making, he's at this press conference, and he is offering a reward for information about Janet Warren's murder. What better way and to he, get ahead of it than that? And he is not only offering money, but he is telling the truth he is throwing shade he is dropping names <laughs> and so he dropped uh finn's name and basically said this woman she like hunted me down 
for a while. So Ben's in Seattle watching this press conference, and she throws a coffee mug at her ex-husband's TV because she's so mad. And he was like, not the TV. And she's like, I paid for that TV. Yeah, she said, it's my TV. I paid for it. And it hits commercial. Yeah. And I said, oh, my goodness. I would have been so, Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's like bald, bold and ballsy to do that when you're like the prime suspect. And see, to drop names like that. See, but also like, I don't know. The Tom, uh, I will wait, save it for later. More when we get to learn about Tom Cooley a little bit more. Okay, so then we learn that the Las Vegas burial ground belongs to the Cooleys, and there's some legal thing essentially, no one can like build or anything or dig it up. So, yeah it was the perfect place to hide the bodies essentially so tom cooley's in town in vegas he meets with i guess the csi lawyer i don't know who that guy is but that guy is basically like shut up tom i know what you've done and basically accused him of everything yeah and then uh what's his name tom and his lawyer gavin pearson Mm-hmm. We're like, we're staying at the Mediterranean if you meet us. And he was like, just don't leave Las Vegas, mm-hmm. bitch. So Finlay went to Tom Cooley's hotel room and she confronts him. And this, this is girl's so stupid, wild. man. You know he's a serial killer. And like, you know that all the shit that he's put you do he's made you lose your job. He's sued you in the city millions of dollars. You lost your marriage. And you know that this doing that could potentially throw out the court case and you still do it. I just don't understand this girl, man. And he's a serial killer. Like, that's a dangerous man. You're like, like don't think he's. I just, it, it pissed me off. It really did. So and it's, it's a weird scene because she's like, he, she knocks on his door. He opens and she just walks straight in. And she's like, oh, you're drinking? And she pours herself a drink. And she was essentially like, is this how it starts? And then mm-hmm. she just keeps going and playing the scenario of what happens when he like kills these women. And he's like, you're at the bar, you're drinking, you drug her. Then you yeah. get in her car, but you can't wait to have sex with her. So mm-hmm. you have sex in the car. But then you can't wait to get home to like strangle her, <laughs> kill her. I was thinking like... I was thinking, I was like, damn, she's kind of probably turning him on. Describing I know. The whole thing. That's what's like, lady, be careful. Because then she's like, and I'm your type, right? I'm like, do you want to yeah. die? Are you asking him to kill you right now? Mm-hmm. But then she hits him with a line. I don't expect much from you in bed because you're inadequate. Oh, yeah. And, and he I'm got like, pissed. You can tell on his face he got mad. And again, this guy's a serial killer. Mm-hmm. And you're just trying to piss. What are you trying to do? Get him to kill you so you can make your point that he's a serial killer? Yeah. So she leaves. And the next thing we know, Tom Coley is found dead from supposed suicide by hanging from a doorknob. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I was like, huh? I've seen that before in TV shows. 
Oh, but... let's say, oh my god. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, so in his room, they found the date weight drugs, and it was locked from the inside. So yeah, they they were like, well, that's at least better for you, Finley. Like you look less like. Well, it's because her boss gets a call that Cooley died is suicide. It looks like he killed himself an hour ago, and then she walks and she's like, well, maybe like. 30 minutes ago and that's when I'm like you stupid bitch he like that's when they found out that she went to his room and like the chief like the police chief was there she's like oh you would hear people identified you this and that and on like, the oh. record yeah I was like oh my goodness man so stupid mm-hmm. so stupid yeah. um so they're thinking but she's like okay this guy's a narcissist he just made this press conference like there's no way he would kill himself so like this is a homicide i don't care what that it looks like a suicide mm-hmm. i mean he just like he wouldn't be the person to do that yeah so they do the autopsy and he was really drunk he had the date rape drug in his system mm-hmm. and he was an alcoholic he had a bad liver oh yeah that thing was ugly so then Finley comes into the autopsy room. The coroner guy was like, get out of my autopsy room until you're not a suspect anymore. He's like pissed at her. I'm surprised that this kept letting her work on the job. I know. I was like, I feel she... like if you're suspected of a man's murder, that's about the time you go off the case. Yeah, like that's when you're on leave. But I guess, you know, they don't give a fuck about if the child gets thrown out or not. So... I guess innocent till proven guilty. Yeah. Okay, so Finley Finley then comes, so she's there and she's like, but we got Tom's DNA back. And it was like his DNA was, the DNA found in the semen in the car. Like he's definitely in the murder. And they're like, okay, great. But now we got to solve his murder. Like Mm -hmm. they were not as excited as her. And she just like came up with this th- they're like okay but who would have a motive to kill this guy mm-hmm. and she said she had this theory that it was like an accomplice that they knew tom cooley didn't like to get his hands dirty that someone had to help him like move the bodies and they're like okay well who and she's like but i know someone that would know so they go she goes back to see it. how far of a drive slash flight is this i think she's flying man and i don't know where they're at reno las vegas vegas it's probably like a two hour three hour flight okay but you drove there the first time oh she drove there i honestly don't know remember she got pulled over well i thought it was just like a rental because he said let me take you back to the airport she said well you can take me back to my car so I don't know unless she rented it from know. the airport. But either way, I don't know. They they must get some great flight flight mileages. Yeah, she keeps that. going back and forth like it's mm-hmm. nothing. So she goes back to Marla, Marla. And they're like, Okay, listen, you know that we know you're not telling the whole truth. We know that there's more to that story of that night. Finley was like, I've been in your position and like the parties I said were parties were really just me and like three guys hanging out. 
that's when I was like, did she get ran on? So just tell us what was happening. Would you want this for your kids? You're the only one that can speak for the, you know, the guilt trip stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she finally comes out with it. And the party she said she was at Tom Cooley's ranch was not just, it was not a party. It was Mm. her and three guys. She said they were sitting around the fire drinking. She said, I guess I didn't, I like, didn't, at that time, I didn't know how to handle my alcohol, got too drunk, passed out. The next thing she knows, she wakes up in a hole with the three boys throwing dirt on her, shoveling dirt on her. And I'm just like, one, aren't you supposed to kill them before you throw them in a hole? I guess they thought she was dead. I don't know. And then two, I just don't understand that. But yeah, imagine like just waking up. Getting throat like throat getting dirt thrown on you. Yeah. Imagine, it was like, horrifying. Like that's horrifying. So then she they like the other two guys stop, you know, shoveling. They're like, she's moving. And the third guy, which I guess is Tom Cooley, was like, yeah, Did I Tom, tell you to stop? And yeah, he keeps Tom trying to throw Cooley. dirt on her. Yeah, and then and, she gets up, runs away, and like, no one's gonna believe you. And yeah, I mean, probably because that's a wild story. So that's when she says that it was Max Liston, Tom Cooley, and Gavin Pearson, the lawyer. Mm -hmm. And they were like, Gavin? Like, yeah, Gavin. Gavin. Pearson, the lawyer. Mm -hmm. So that's when we learned that Pearson killed Tom Cooley. Mm -hmm. And he was with Cooley before Finley went to the room. Like they were having drinks before Finley was there. He yeah. put date rape drugs in uh, Tom Cooley's drink. drink. He left. He came back, used a magnet to open the door, got in after Cooley had passed out, hung him from the doorknob got back out used a magnet to lock it and they found the magnet behind a soda ma- i would have never I because a kid done. couldn't get his vending machine also because uh gavin couldn't get back in his room like it had demagnetized his his uh door key yeah yeah but still i don't think i'd ever would have thought about checking the soda machine no that was that was brilliant um, yeah so th- there you go then it cuts to pearson in jail because yep that's all the truth and then he and named he all the dro- other girls right yeah he drops all the other names of the victims: sarah jones tiffany alcott jennifer sutterman and kinley summer and then to end the episode it's Finley in Finley in Seattle. She's, you know, talking to Janet's mom, who's thanking her for keeping her daughter's case, you know, continuing to investigate and pushing as hard as she did. Yada yada yada. They walk away. And then the next thing you know, she's talking to her ex-husband and bada bing, bada boom, they're making out. Yeah, she was like he was like like you want me to drive you back to the airport and she was like what about in the morning and then bang i said oh yeah that's how i know finn's a, a finn's a freak man i wrote she got both men she got cooley and she got her husband oh, back yeah oh yeah i want to know in the later seasons if they get back together yeah if they if this was like just a one time like 
I feel like probably they like hook up for a little bit and then she ends up falling for him again. Typical show stuff. I guess we gotta, you know, actually watch CSI at some point. Mm -hmm. We got to. We got to find out if that one guy's a, a murderer. I know. There's something weird about that guy. I need to know more. <laughs> All right. Um, before we get into the story real quick, I got to get something real quick, okay? That's fine. I found a story that shares similarities with this story. And mm-hmm. actually, A-Rod, it's in your neck of the woods. Welcome back. New Mexico. New Mexico. Albuquerque. Hey. Oh, that explains it. Yeah. <laughs> If it, if all the fans are listening, you don't know what happens in Albuquerque. Fun fact, it actually has a higher crime rate than the U.S. average. Yeah, we're going to talk about it, man. I remember, um, not the shit on Albuquerque still, the first weekend I moved to New Mexico, I was looking on Twitter, and apparently there was a hate crime that someone killed four Muslims in Albuquerque. I think it was like the first or second night I lived here. I said, oh, so this is what they do here. Well, we're going to kind of shit on Al- Albuquerque a lot. Good, because people always say, don't <laughs> ever go to Albuquerque. Okay, well, we're going to find out why Yeah. in this episode. I'm going to tell you the story about the West Mesa Bone Collector. Okay, yeah, I know where that's at. Christine Ross was spending her Monday night on February 2nd, 2009, like any other Monday night, walking her dog, Ruka. But this was no ordinary night. The next thing Christine knew, Ruka had wandered off and came back with a bone, a big bone. As Christine started to examine it, she got a sinking suspicion what this bone was. She sent a picture of the bone to her sister, who happened to be a registered nurse, and her sister confirmed her fears. Ruka had found a human femur bone. Christine immediately called the police, and what followed of this gruesome finding was the discovery of a burial ground for a serial killer that had preyed on, hunted, and killed women without anyone realizing a serial killer was in their city. What the heck? Well, one, I feel like a femur bone's pretty good, like pretty easy to like, to like, what's it? What's the word I'm looking for? It's pretty easy to like, to know what the shape of, yeah, identify. I feel like it's pretty easy. Um, Two, I'm moving once I find out there's like, dead bodies around there i was like hey man look i i'm not into all the voodoo stuff but i I don't trust it yeah this is yeah i'd move too i just need albuquerque after the story i hope everyone from albuquerque just leaves three i'm washing my dog's mouth yeah When police, that dog ain't ever looking me again. No. When police arrived, they started searching the area and found more remains and more remains. The crime scene eventually grew to a hundred acres of land and, requ- and required heavy equipment, hand sifting, and satellite imaging to determine where 
the earth had been disturbed. Damn. This effectively made it the largest crime scene in American history and required three months of constant work to process all of it. When all was said and done, the Albuquerque Police Department discovered 11 different bodies that had been buried in the desert. Mm -hmm. 11 women go missing in your city and no one... We're going to talk why. We're going to talk why this was not. Why this, no one realized I mean, there was a seri- an active point, serial killer. You know what? I'll save it. I'll save it. We'll talk about why. Yeah. Because there's a reason. There's a very specific reason why 11 women went missing. And... It's Al- because it's Albuquerque. They don't care. No. Well, kind of. We're going to shit on Al. I'm sorry if you're from That's Albuquerque. perfectly fine. <laughs> hey, look, kids. You're a hey, you're you're just like every other New Mexican. They don't get do crap about Albuquerque. But now I beg the question: Who were the souls that once belonged to these unidentified bodies? It took a year for medical examiners and investigators to give the names back to these women. Yes, I said women because they were all women, primarily Latina mostly women that worked in sex work or had a history of drug abuse, and many of whom had been reported missing around the time of their deaths. Mm -hmm. So let's go over who these beautiful women were. Monica Candelaria was 22 years old when she died. They suspect she died between 2003 and 2005. Oh, my. Victoria Chavez. Yeah. Also, this wasn't like a... Like a re- Like, they're all recent. Yeah. They're all... They're, some of them have been there for a while. Yeah, because they, they discovered this in 2009. They're yeah. sort of suspecting that it could be as early as 2003, so six years. God damn. Victoria Chavez was 26 years old when she died in 2005. Virginia Cloven was 24 years old when she died. She was reported missing in 2004 and is believed to have been killed between 2004 and 2005. Selenia Edwards was 15 years old when she died. She was reported as an endangered runaway in 2003 from law in Oklahoma. In May 2004, she was spotted working as a sex worker in Aurora, Colorado. Selenia was last seen with three other women uh, called, I'm saying called because I don't know if this is like their actual names or, you know, names they work the street with. Yeah, just what Um, they have. Yeah, 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 Lucretia, Ty, and Diamond. Mm -hmm. She was killed between 2004 and 2005. Selenia is also the only black victim and the only one from out of state. Mm-hmm. The others were all from like well, Albuquerque. Yeah, from the Albuquerque area. Cinnamon Elks was 32 years old when she died between 2004 and 2005. Doreen Marquez was 24 years old when she died between 2003 and 2005. Julie. Nito was 24 years old when she died between 2004 and 2005. 
Veronica Romero was 28 years old when she died between 2004 and 2005. Evelyn Salazar was 27 years old when she died. She was last seen leaving a family get-together in April 2004 with her cousin, Jamie Barella. The two were going to a nearby park but were never seen again. Jamie Barella was 15 years old when she died. She was last seen leaving a family get together with her cousin Evelyn Salazar in April of 2004. The two planned to go to a nearby park. Jamie was the only victim to not have a history of sex work. Mm-hmm. But Michelle Valdez was 22 years old when she died between 2004 and 2005. She was pregnant at the time of her death and the remains of her unborn child were found buried with her. Damn. God damn it. But so there wasn't like any, so all of them were pretty old. They're all around the five to six years of. Oh, I thought you meant the victim. I was like, no, they're all pretty young. No, 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 no. I'm talking about like their. Yeah. So the body remains. The killings took place between 2003 and 2005. Yeah. And then they were found in 2009. Mm Mm-hmm. Which begs the question, why stop? I mean, it begs a lot of questions, right? Yeah. But also, wh- why stop after 2005? Mm-hmm. If I learn anything from Dexter, people, murderers who stop, they always get that itch back. Or, I mean, there's also a lot of different reasons. They could be in jail. They could have died. Yeah. They could have moved. Mm-hmm. Because of decomposition of the remains, the medical examiner could not say definitively how the women died and officially ruled the manner of death as undetermined. But cause of death was listed as homicidal violence, though it's likely it could have been due to strangulation or suffocation. Yeah. With the victims identified, the question was now, where does the investigation start? Because of the significant lapse in time from when the murders were thought to have been committed, which we've just said 2003 to 2005, to the police now investigating, which was 2009, it meant all DNA evidence had been washed away by the elements the bones were left in. There, are also, there was also no personal items found with the women. So as far as evidence, they truly only have the bones. Yeah. More importantly, this case proved very difficult because the women that were living what law enforcement considered high-risk lifestyles. Let me say that again. More importantly, this case proved very difficult because the women were living what law enforcement considered high-risk lifestyles, Uh which refers to their sex work and drug abuse. Yeah. Essentially, since these women worked at night on the streets, it made them easy targets. But it also made it harder to put together timelines for each of the victims for when they were last seen. Yeah. Most of the family members had not kept in touch with their loved one, so they didn't know what their last known whereabouts were. Some families had not even realized their loved one had been missing. That's crazy. It's horrible. I mean, it's sad. Yeah. But the killer knew exactly what prey to go after. 
Yeah, because we're going to talk about it. That's kind of next. So mm -hmm. let's talk about the history of how America's judicial system tends to treat victims that live in a high-risk lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Criminologist Stephen Egger said, we don't spend a lot of time dealing with missing people who aren't particularly important, who don't have a lot of prestige. And police tend to not take these cases or tend to not take cases of high risk individuals too seriously, um, almost blaming the victim's lifestyle, thus the victim for putting themselves in that situation. Mm -hmm. Or believing that the victim probably moved on to a new city or moved in with a new John. But as we saw in this case, it's also easy for no one to notice when these victims do go missing. Yeah. I mean, this isn't, it, this isn't new, right? We, I mean, we hear stories all the time, serial killers, men who target these, these high sex risk, workers. yeah, yeah, be, because it's, it's they easy. know, they know no one's going to look for them. Yeah, they know that the police aren't going to care. Mm -hmm. I mean, the police don't care until there's a string of bodies. And they have to care. The public's yeah. calling them for it. But if you would have paid attention the first few times, maybe it wouldn't have gotten that far. Yeah. Maybe when their family reported them missing, if you would have taken that report seriously and not just go, oh, well, she's a sex worker. She's just. Yeah, she just. It was, bound, it was bound to happen. Or she's just probably, you know with a john or no. somewhere else like she just probably doesn't want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. i mean so when we were talking in the beginning why 11 women went missing and no one realized that a serial a serial killer was literally operating in albuquerque <laughs> for two years yeah and no one knew how terrifying is that yeah how terrifying is it for other sex workers to see their friends because because that community kind of has to know right yeah i mean yeah. you may not be friends with those girls but you start hearing rumors that hey this girl's gone missing that girl's gone missing yeah like, so they probably know something's up yeah like there has to be word going around oh yeah like cinnamon she went with somebody and no one's seen her since yeah and, and we'll talk about it in more detail this is this conversation isn't over but it's just so infuriating that our judicial system should not deem people more you should investigate and treat every case mm -hmm. equally despite the background the person like, comes from someone had reported there had to be some reports that oh like that some sex workers put saying, oh, my friend's been missing for a couple weeks. There were, I mean, the two cousins, you know, yeah. their family, they didn't come home from a family get together. Mm -hmm. So they, you know, were reported. There was another one reported missing. There were some reported missing. I don't know how much effort the police put into they that. Put and we're going to talk about all about the Albuquerque police department. Yeah. So there were reports made. I don't know how much effort was made into those reports. Mm -hmm. This is just, it's horrifying to think that something like this, that a serial killer could be operating. I told you it's Albuquerque. 
in an area and no one knew Mm-mm. you didn't know until six years later <laughs> Good old. and who knows why he stopped but maybe thank god he did because who knows how many he, he could have been doing it for years for years until they even it probably would have to get up to like 30 or 40 until they actually decided to look into it i know like how many how many would have to die for you to care yeah but one person in this case did notice that sex workers in the area were going missing her department just didn't take her seriously probably because they didn't think that a missing sex worker was worth their time let's see yep in mid-2005, Albuquerque detective Ida Lopez started noticing an increase in the number of sex workers that had gone missing in the area and started investigating. Because it would be a woman that was... Yeah. See, I bet you they probably thought, oh, well, if they're gone, they're just not out there anymore, like, prostituting. So it's kind of cleaning our streets. Which is also... Hor- I mean, yeah, that might be what they thought. There could be a plethora. There could be, like, yeah. I don't care... It's better for our community. Yeah. They're probably not even, you know, nothing bad's happening. They're mm-hmm. victim blaming. Well, they put themselves in that situation, which a lot of times it's not that they put themselves, it's for survival, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, Selenia, let's take her case. She was an endangered runaway. Who mm-hmm. knows why she ran away? Maybe her home life wasn't great. Yeah. At that age, this is the only way that she can make money make men to survive yeah i mean it's it does it's not that they wanted to even if they wanted to so what but it's the fact that a lot of times this is for survival this is the only way Mm -hmm. okay so this this detective ida lopez she starts investigating she put together a list of names of women she believed had disappeared she tried to take it to her department for a formal investigation, but they shot her down. Then in 2009, she learned that 10 of the names on her list were identified as victims of the West Mesa Bone Collector. She started this in 2005. I would have been fucking pissed. She had 10 women. I did had identified 10 of the women in 2005 Loki, as missing. I would say something like oh was like hey look I try to come forward in 2005 all these fools told me I was crazy and now look at it I would, I would have been pissed I, I would have called been... out to the police department even though I work in the police department uh yeah I mean at that point but back to the investigation after the discovery of the bones As part of the investigation, detectives looked at satellite photos and found one taken in 2004 of the area where the graves were found with tire tracks leading directly to the graves. Isn't that eerie? Yeah. That's also good work by, uh, what what did they find it on? Google Maps? Satellite images. I don't know. Good job on that. But, But five years had gone by from that picture so the tracks were gone uh-huh. so you're just looking at this eerie photo of <laughs> tracks you think are the killers yeah and there's nothing you can do about it 
The police also needed to interview other sex workers to see if if they had heard anything or knew of any of the missing women. But of course, the sex workers did not trust law enforcement. Because why? Because, no, well, there's many different reasons. One, you don't never trust a 12. You never trust a man. Two, it's just, I don't know. They could get in trouble for even talking to them by their John. Or somebody's always watching. Well, we're going to talk about other reasons why specifically you can't trust Albuquerque police. <laughs> because they're corrupt to the bone. Oh, I bet, man. And we're going to talk about it. But let's let's keep going. So Cynthia Visual and Christine Barber stepped in as part of the nonprofit organization Street Safe New Mexico, which Cynthia actually started... Um, this organization that cis women who live uh, and work on the streets. So she started this organization because she survived the toy box killer, which was a long truck or uh, a long haul truck driver who converted his truck, whatever, to a torture chamber. Oh, we should do that story next. And we might one day. Yeah. In. I mean, I kind of read a little about it. It sounds absolutely horrifying. Uh-huh. And Cynthia was the only person to known to have escaped. Yeah. So after that, she started this nonprofit to help other women working on the street. I'm assuming because she was, which made her an easy target. Yeah. So the women then, you know, Cynthia has this history. They felt comfortable talking to her. Mm-hmm. So they, they opened up to her and Christine. The 118th Street Tax Task Force. Okay, so there's this West Mesa area where, like, it's desert. And then I mm-hmm. guess the closest street to it is 118th Street. So okay. sometimes you'll see this as the 118th Street Killer. Okay. Or the West, but most commonly known as the West Mesa Bone Collector. So that's why this task force has the name. The 118th Street Task Force was also formed to investigate, which included 40 detectives from Albuquerque, some detectives from Las Cruces and El Paso, who were also looking into their cold cases to see if there was any connections or similarities to the West Mesa serial killer. So they were basically looking in this area and going, Hey, do we have anything similar? Yeah. The task force for task, the task force first explored the idea that the killer could have been a long haul truck driver, but soon concluded that the killer had to be local to the Albuquerque area as West Mesa and 118th Street were his stomping grounds. Mm-hmm. 200 sex workers were interviewed as part of the investigation, and in July 2009, all of the manpower paid off. The police chief announced that they narrowed their suspect pool down to five potential prospects, and we'll, we'll start with the most widely believed and worked our way down. Okay. Joseph Belay is our first guy. Just one week after the discovery of the burial site, Joseph's 
Joseph Belay's ex-wife called investigators and told them that they should look into Joseph's involvement in the murders. How crazy, like... What'd you do to piss me off? No, I would almost, like, immediately believe he's the guy. If the ex-wife is calling to be, like... I'm pretty sure my ex-husband did this. Was the killer, yeah. I mean, that seems pretty credible. Mm -hmm. So, Joseph's name was not new to law enforcement. They had encountered him 140 times between 1990 and 2009. Often in the East Corridor where the victims were known to have worked and frequented. This man has encountered police 140 times. God damn. Like, at what point? And is still... What point do you just decide to lock him up? I know. What happened to the three strikes rule? <laughs> Some memorable instances between Joseph and law enforcement include an instance in 2003 when he exposed himself to a sex worker. And when police came, they found electrical tape and rope in his car. The police also spent a few days following Joseph in which they watched him stalk sex workers from his car. Oh, yeah. Well, I was thinking, like, ah, the rope and electric tape, it could be like for work or something. But then now the stalking. I mean, I'm sure that's what the defense would say. Yeah. Sex workers were interviewed that were familiar with Joseph, and one said that he took her back to his house and tried to tie her up against her will. No. Okay. Joseph's ex-wife told officers, this is what really gets me. Joseph's ex-wife told officers that her and her daughter had discovered women's underwear and jewelry in their shed outside. Nah, Nah, he ain't just keeping that shit. Well, that's what serial killers do. They keep trophies. Yeah, they keep trophies. At the time of the discovery of the remains, Joseph was already in jail, serving 90 years in prison for rape of a 14-year-old girl. Oh, this guy, yep. (laughs) His cellmate told law enforcement Joseph confessed to him that he knew some of the victims. Mm -hmm. But there was no definitive links between Joseph and the killings. Yeah. But it sounds pretty damn good. Yeah, it's pretty good unless just... The dude's already arrested. I mean, and maybe that's why he stopped killing. Could be, could be. Could be. Now we have Lorenzo Montoya. Not only did he live close to the West Mesa burial grounds, but Lorenzo was also known to pick up sex workers and assault them. Okay. His girlfriend came forward and told investigators that Lorenzo had beaten her and threatened to kill her and bury her in line. Oh, okay. Yeah, he could be a possibility. However, police never got the chance to question Lorenzo on his involvement because in 2006, Lorenzo had met a dancer who he ended up strangling to death. And he has the body wrapped in a blanket in the back of his SUV, flashlight in hand, when the dancer's boyfriend pulls up and shoots Lorenzo. And kills him? 
and kills him. Mm. He literally caught him in the act, like yeah. trying to dispose a body. So, I mean, that could be also another reason why they stopped killing. Because that was 2006. Mm -hmm. 2005. I mean, yeah, to me, that also looks pretty good, especially since he had a victim. I Honestly, I believe it's... I could believe it's this guy. Yeah, because he, he, he had a body a, in the back seat that he strangled. Yeah, and it was and he was trying to dispose of her. And he was known for assaulting sex workers. So mm -hmm. I mean, he's he's checking all the dots so far. He's he, he's number one so far on the list. And the timeline fits. Yeah, he he's number one on the list right now. So then we got this guy Fred Reynolds. When Fred died of natural causes in 2009, his possessions that he had, in his possessions, there were pictures of the victim Doreen Marquez and some of the others. He had pictures of them. Some of them. Just like. It also came. Was it just like pictures of them or like. Like naked pictures? Yeah. No, I don't know. It doesn't say, but we'll kind of talk about fred okay. it also came out that fred was looking for several of the women found in waste mesa before his death hmm. a friend of fred said not only was he a heroin addict he was operating an escort escort service that some of the victims worked for oh okay so I mean, he was just maybe maybe he was just trying to make business yeah he then we got really, Scott. What? I was like, he don't really check any of the boxes for me. No, the first two guys definitely look. Oh, yeah. Especially but, that second one, man. Yeah. So then we have Scott Lee Kimball. I don't think this guy did it, but the FBI is stupid, man. Okay. <laughs> In 2002, the FBI enlisted Scott Lee Kimball as an informant which meant that Scott was being released from jail early. So he was in jail. The FBI goes to him and goes, hey, do you yeah. want to be an informant? Mm -hmm. It's like, sure thing. They're like, okay, you're going to get out of prison. However, instead of informing, he went on a killing spree. Oh, okay. Of mostly people he knew, and he wound back up in prison in 2005. So he had a hit list. Yes. <laughs> and I guess they assumed that a bunch of sex workers were on his hit list? Well, during his release, because he, he got released in 2002, back in jail 2005. Uh -huh. During his release, he was regu regularly known to visit the Albuquerque area between 2002 and 2005. Uh -huh. He denies any involvement in the West Mesa murders. Not enough info to make him my prime suspect. I mean, to me, this man was kind of specific in the people he killed. Yeah. I was like, that guy had some other problems. The FBI said, do one out? <laughs> he just goes on a killing spree. Yeah. He duped the FBI. He's like, well, yeah, I'll be your I want to know who who made who wanted to make him an informant. Because usually like, people are like, oh, yeah, like I think he would be good enough that we can trust him to be an informant. Nope. Yeah, I don't know. This man, maybe he was a good actor. I guess so. So our fifth and final suspect is a cop. Oh, nice. 
according to we don't know a name we just think it might be a cop yeah according to diana wilhelm that's cinnamon elks's mom before her death cinnamon had told some friends that a dirty cop was killing sex workers beheading them and burying them oh then cinnamon went missing she was talking too loud diana reported this to the cops in 2005 and told them that she was receiving calls from different individuals saying that cinnamon was beheaded that has to be like <laughs> insane right to, yeah i mean a bunch of different people sex workers a private investigator even jamie barella one of the other victims mm -hmm. Just she them. called Cinnamon's mom and told her that she was murdered. Yeah. I was like, first off, then, how do y'all all know this? But And the police did nothing with Diana's information. Just because they're not going to turn on their own. Well, I mean, to them, even if... I mean, okay, let's say, like, they're like... You could say, oh, yeah, someone did this. I'm going to cover for them. But let's... Mm -hmm. Or it could be... No, a cop wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Which, yes, a cop would do that. We've seen cops do that yeah. before. But as we were talking earlier, you know, the sex worker community talks, man. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if this wasn't, like, true. A, a true yeah. story. See, I feel like... He has to be my... He's tied for a second for suspects for me so yeah. it goes the second guy the first guy and now him yeah because uh yeah i would believe that sex workers talk they want to keep each other safe now there was probably he was probably killing them he, I mean, he probably was whoever this person yeah. was but i don't know which isn't surprising and not surprising that APD did not take reports of missing sex workers seriously as rumors were swirling and reports were being made that APD officers were abusing sex workers. Uh -huh. There had been several reports already filed. I mean, there this. probably still is that you do this, I won't arrest you and put you back in whatever. Right. Uh-huh. Then in 2014, the Department of Justice opened an investigation into the APD. That's how bad it got. Was I'm that right. the Department of Justice stepped in and was like, what the fuck is going on? I told you, I'm not surprised. As the civil investigation uncovered a pattern within the department, between 2009 and 2012, APD was involved in 20 fatalities that stemmed from use of excessive force, coupled with allegations of rape. Oh, my. That's three years. <laughs> 20 fatalities. Good old Albuquerque, man. Here are some noteworthy incidents. But keep this keep in mind these are only some of the dozen that we know about and this still doesn't even include the ones that weren't reported uh -huh. 
In 2004, police sergeant, we're starting on, off strong with the police sergeant, uh-huh. Mike Garcia, was arrested and charged with raping a 12-year-old girl. Oh my goodness. He was acquitted. What? Probably got to keep his job too, right? Either that way, they just told him just, if you just quit now, we won't charge you with anything. No, they 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 charged him, but the court found him not guilty, oh. or he was acquitted. They so I don't know what that means actually. Acquitted means like he, I think he just wasn't found of he wasn't guilty of any like of the charges. Yeah, in two thousand and five, an APD vice squad detective was arrested and charged with kidnapping and raping a fourteen year old girl. Jeez, oh my man! He was acquitted. Of course he was. In 2007, Officer David Mays was arrested and charged with raping a woman he was transporting to the hospital. So this girl was really in pain from God knows from what. And he said, you know what? Let me go ahead and put you in some more pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In 2010, attorney Mary Hahn was murdered while prosecuting a case against Officer Tim- Timothy Carlson for raping a sex worker. Her killer has never been caught. It was originally ruled a suicide until everyone else in the world was like, no, this is a homicide. Yeah. And her, he, they her probably had got, to fight it in court. They probably had, they probably hired someone. They probably threatened like a to junk- take her out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she did a lot of these types of cases against the mm-hmm. um, Albuquerque police. Because apparently, you can make a whole career out of suing the APD because yeah. they d- apparently don't do they anything correct. right. In 2011, a judge was arrested for raping a sex worker. A judge. Yeah. Oh my goodness! I mean, but, you know, the the if the police, if the police of chief or chief of police did it. I'm not surprised with the judge. Well, not the chief, the police sergeant, which I think oh. is below the chief of police. Like, still, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I mean, if the police are corrupt, probably means the court. There's going to be a couple judges that are corrupt too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In 2013, a sex worker sued ex-officer T- Timothy Carlson for raping her in, in the back of his police cruiser. That's uh, the same one that was being sued charged. in 2010. So oh. this is his second allegation. God damn, man. In 2014, APD officers were caught on camera shooting a mentally ill man. Oh, I think they should they should just get rid of this police department to scratch it Every, all. Yeah. So, yeah, we were talking about it. You know, why don't they trust the police? Mm-hmm. Well, this this is why they don't trust the police. Mm-hmm. Why aren't the police listening? Because it's this. Because obviously they don't care about sex workers and women. Yeah. I mean, so, they're out here. Ra- I mean, they're the ones raping them. 
Yeah, because some of those police probably had sex with the ones that died. I'm like, well, that just covers my base even more. Of even if it is sex, it could have been. Ra- I mean, at this point, they're raping. Yeah, maybe and- they. What was a consensual thing? Yeah, and maybe he's they probably were just like, tiring. He's they're probably like, it's a win win for me. Yeah, and I mean, so maybe there was the possibility that these sex workers knew what was going on. Maybe even knew who had suspicions of who, but they're not going to go to the police. Mm. The police are also doing it to them. Yeah. If it was a cop, they're not definitely not going to the police. Mm-hmm. it's just <laughs> what is it about a job of being a cop like my guy that first, makes you so corrupt i don't know like you're supposed to be for the good guys like growing up you always get told cops are for the good guys and then the more you get older you just realize some people they just it is the devil. I just, yeah, I just don't understand. I don't, un- I mean. And there's still good police officers out there, fans. Like, there we're, is. We're not saying everyone's bad, but you're just some people who just, they just do this. They abuse their power. And apparently in APD, it's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean. It's not all cops. I just think maybe this job is also like it. Um, it just like intri- like it. It pulls in those narcissists, those power hungry ones, mm-hmm. right? It. It's so enticing to them because you are placed in this role of power, mm-hmm. and that's what a lot of these narcissists and and these types of men want right that's that they rape sex workers they abuse sex workers they you know rape minors yeah it's that's all about power too mm-hmm. i'm not saying that all dirty cops that's what they do but i think the reason we're i'm not saying it's the only reason i'm i'm not justifying it i'm just saying i think there's a correlation between men that were already narcissistic then becoming police officers and being put in that power yeah to this day the elect the 11 victims still do not have justice and may never receive justice but this case does bring to light that police police's treatment of cases involving sex workers needs to change because it shouldn't matter what your profession or background is everyone deserves everyone should have the equal rights Right. Mm. I mean, it sucks that the eleven people, the eleven girls, eleven women who couldn't find justice, but at least they brought the whole a whole new problem to light. Right, and uh, yeah, I mean, this is just horrible, I, and it's horrible that people knew at the moment. This could have been caught mm-hmm. in 2004, 2005. Like, if someone just would have given a damn. Yeah. And someone did give a damn, and even then, they didn't listen to her. They didn't listen to her because also, she was a woman. I forgot to include this, but 
So when they were trying to identify the victims, they essentially started pulling a list of possible victims. I'm sure from like missing people reports and whatnot Mm -hmm. on that list was like 20 ish women or 20 women. Mm -hmm. I think 10 of them were the ones identified in the West Mesa burial ground. I think few of them they found alive Uh or maybe 11 so then i guess 11 of them i don't know the mat so some of them they found alive the rest of them are still still haven't been found and there is like they do believe that it could they could be tied yeah probably the same guy they just haven't they just haven't found the remains yet. Yeah. They haven't released the names of those women, which is why I'm not saying them. Uh, yeah. They just have pictures of yeah. them. So there are still victims out there that potentially, and if not, there are just four or six, I think it was like six, six women that they couldn't find. Yeah. And I don't know if they're buried in New Mexico. I don't know if y'all ever seen the state of New Mexico. It's a lot of dirt. Yeah, right. It's it's a lot of desert. Uh-huh. Very easy to hide a body. Right, and and even if yeah, even if it wasn't this West Mesa bone collector, it's someone else. Yeah. You know, they're potentially fell victim to. They just also should be found and deserve the justice they get, whether or not it's part of this case or not. Yeah. This is just wild. Does that ever make you believe, like, not make you believe, but do you ever think about how many serial killers are actually active that we just don't know about? Oh, probably. Like, the Lady Bird Lake one we were talking about a couple months ago. And that one is one people know about. Think about the ones you just don't even know. Mm-hmm. Just makes me not want to have kids that, sometimes. That we don't see that the the news isn't reporting yeah it's horrifying Mm-mm. and this wasn't it was wasn't even that long ago no it was literally 16 years ago or it, when you, 21 to when, 16 years ago yeah because when you think about serial killers usually you think like the 80s the 70s bundy dahmer all those mm-hmm. that the big ones but you don't think about I mean, it wasn't just the 80s, or this, it's still happening. Yeah, when you think of, like, the 2000s and all that, you don't really think of serial killers anymore. Mm-mm. You don't really hear about them. Nope. But there's just some people who want power. Oh, those poor women. Our th- thoughts and prayers go out with their those families. I'm glad after... I, I know they still don't have answers, but I'm glad that they... Their loved ones were found and they got to bring them home. Yeah. Men ain't shit. I'll put that out there. Men ain't shit. Just kidding. Some are, some are. And the police. Everyone deserves justice. Ugh. All right. Well, I have to give a big shout out to one of our listeners. I got a shout out, Maisie. Maisie, I absolutely love you. She sent us a 
one of those like murder mystery solve the crime games uh, for us to do on the podcast so we are definitely going to do that episode one day where we can see if me a rod and Lee can put what we learn in these episodes to the yeah, test you sent us that a couple of yesterday i think and it got me got me intrigued yeah so we're gonna we're gonna definitely record that for everyone but thank you macy thank you so much thank you macy Uh, (laughs) oh we gotta do what episode are we watching next week we are watching i don't remember well that's because you don't know (laughs) yeah because i didn't check the uh the excel sheet you'll never do but that's okay because then we can play this little game where you guess what we're watching next Hmm. so this week was csi i did law and order uh you know i gotta go with my fate well is it ncis new orleans no Get one more guess. Please don't tell me it's Criminal Minds. It's Criminal Minds. Gosh dang it. Have you even been in a Criminal Minds episode yet? No, I haven't. The first time, so the first time I uh, we watched it, uh, I didn't get to finish it, so I wasn't on that episode. So you can't even hate on Criminal Minds because you haven't seen it. Yeah, but I hear y'all yap about it all the time, and it's just—it's so good. Mm, but is it, it's like—is that the level of SVU though? Yes, I yeah, promise. Even the, Dalton likes Criminal Minds. I'll be the judge of that. I, I got to see if they go on that Olivia Benson level. I think you would love Criminal Minds. Speaking of SVU, hey. If y'all into SVU, the new season, season 25, came out. If you have Peacock, you can watch it on there. Um, I'm waiting for episode two. Actually, I think episode two came out, or it's coming out. And yeah, so far, one episode in, and I'm hooked. Okay, I need to get caught up. I don't know actually know how far I am, maybe season 23 or 24. Yeah. Uh, but every time I'm like, okay, time to get caught up. I, I start from season one. See, that's your problem. I know. I just need to pick it up. Maybe I would just start wherever out. criminal intent starts and just. Yeah. Because you got to do those crossovers. That's, yeah, that's the other thing. Now, if you watch SVU, you have to watch uh, organized crime. and mm-hmm. Organized crime. I don't know why I said criminal intent. Yeah. That's one, too. But so, yeah, I need to get caught up. Mm hmm. Maybe we, me and Malik should get caught up and then we can have many episodes where we just recap. That's what SVU I want to do. That's, I want to do weekly okay. ones. Okay, okay. We'll get caught up. But yeah. And don't worry, people. The question of the week, we didn't have one this week because our question. We haven't been doing it. Our question guy's out out because he had more important things to do. But, well, I know you've missed the last few episodes, but yeah, yeah we haven't been doing it. Yeah, we got to get back to our roots, Kins. I know we're trying to make I know, this but these episodes better. have been long. I know, I know, I know. Maybe, but maybe... also, listeners. Go ahead. 
if you listeners if you have a question of the week please send it in we'll do it i promise no matter how long this episode is also if you want to just like like rate review subscribe tell your friends and your grandmothers tell, tell your mama tell your baby cousin tell your pastors yeah tell the, tell the mailman tell the gas it's, station clerk like i'm about to go do just go ahead tell yeah. them about, like crime time crime on prime time yell it from the rooftop yeah i'm ugly and i'm proud that's a spongebob <laughs> reference people didn't know i got that one <laughs> but then tell tell everyone to also like rate and review and subscribe yep thanks yep y'all well it was a good episode kens i thought oh. it was pretty uh, you want to do the comparison oh yeah we forgot to do that but then i was also like I didn't, I said Criminal Minds, but I didn't tell the people what episode. Oh, go ahead. Do that first. Okay. So Criminal Minds, we're watching season seven, episode 20, The Company. And I'm just saying, if you know, you know, with is that it, episode. Is it like Grease Company? Grease Company. No. Oh. Criminal Minds, season seven, episode 20, The Company. Okay. Yes. Let, let's do the thing where we do. The comparisons. Similarities. Yeah. Hmm. Well, they found the bones. And in the desert. Yep. Took them a couple years to find the bodies. Serial killer. Wasn't in New Mexico, though. But they're still both serial killers. Yeah. So there were some similarities of it. Not not yeah. fully spot on, but there were some similarities. I tried my best, man. But, yeah. you know bodies in the desert from the same guy good enough <laughs> yeah it's pretty close yep, yep, yep. all right well with that i'm your host kenzie huseman and this is prime on crime on prime time there we you are go. starting off <laughs>